This is a Fubar Radio podcast. For more information, go to fubarradio.com. You're listening to Femi on Fubar Radio. Come on, Dad. I'm trying to make a good impression. The conclusions of the December European Council went further than before in seeking to address the concerns of this House, and they have legal status. I've been in contact with European leaders since then about MPs' concerns. These discussions have shown that further clarification on the backstop is possible, and those talks will continue over the next few days. I'd be very surprised if the motion on Tuesday went through. It looks as if it will be defeated. Um, The Prime Minister is as aware of that as anybody else is. I actually genuinely think you can't do it on the 29th of March uh, this year. It's simply not viable for so many practical reasons. So we're going to have to look, seems to me, at what are the available options that realistically are still on the table. If the deal is not voted on, as uh, uh, this uh, vote that's coming up, yep. then actually we're going to be in uncharted territory. Two things. Uh, firstly, could we get over feeling sorry for Theresa May? Um, uh, is we have to be absolutely... I do object to being called a Nazi, actually. <laughs> Right. Um, well, apologies Sorry, to you if I, you're I, offended by I, what you're listening to. I just to, think this is astonishing. <laughs> this, is, this is what has happened to our country, actually. This is what's happened to our country. If the government cannot pass its most important legislation, then there must be a general election at the earliest opportunity. So I say this to Theresa May. If you're so confident in your deal, call the election and let the people decide. I'm happy to repeat what I have said previously, that we will be leaving the European Union on the 29th of March. I want us to leave the European Union on the 29th of March with a good deal that's on the table. Welcome back to The Floor Is Yours with Femi. I'm from Our Future Choice, our so-called OFOC, uh, where the youth movement to get a vote on the Brexit deal. Um, and, I, and today we'll be joined by Alistair Coleman, who is a journalist who specializes in disinformation and fake news, and also North Korea, which is always a sensitive topic. Um, we've also got Zach, Zach Polanski, a uh, Green candidate for um, London Mayor. But I'm joined right now with Desiree Birch, originally from New York. She's a comedian and has a show on London uh, in london on the 10th of january welcome desiree hey how you doing i'm not too bad not too bad so we've had a fun year um 2018 some stuff happened yeah Uh, a couple (laughs) things uh you're from the states you i mean we 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 both had countries that have had some issues over the past couple of years especially since 2016 (laughs) are there any countries that haven't had some issues over the past couple of years (laughs) that's that's true but i I feel like things have gotten particularly bad or well interesting fun let's 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 yeah let's be neutral let's say they've been interesting and and fun (laughs) different (laughs) Curious, unique, yeah. They've been all of those things for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, so, um, for example, I know that um, gun control is still an issue in 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 uh, in America. Oh, it's pretty much defines what America is. I don't know that when it's going to not be an issue. Uh, yeah. It's just uh, we're not willing to put those uh, those arms down. Because I mean, th- there was there was the Parkland shooting. Yes. And yes. I'm not sure if it was at this point, but at some point last year, Donald Trump said, um, our schools are currently gun-free zones, and that makes them very dangerous places. <laughs> Which is like just a amazing. Like, much of the rest of the developed world that is meant to be a gun-free zone yeah. and is super... 
I mean, you know, the world is going to be a dangerous place, but let's not give the a 19-year-old the ability to push a button on a semi-automatic weapon <laughs> and, you know, completely lay out part of his old school. Let's not do that, you know? Let's... I, I, I wait, don't wait, know wait are, are you saying that guns in schools aren't good? <laughs> <laughs> they don't really uh, uh, add to the curriculum in any but, but fundamental I, I, way? I thought I that every say? child's essential was pencil case, ruler, and... And AR-15, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have to get one of those wheelie backpacks for that. You know, that's going to break those little five-year-olds' backs. <laughs> exactly, right? exactly. You've, you've, got to, you've got to think of, of, of children's safety. But <laughs> this, this, this is, this is going to be um, a, a roundup of the year and, and a look forward to what's going to be happening in the next coming year. So if you want to get involved, um, call text and call and text us on at email at foobarradio.com, um, and tweet us at foobarradio, and you can call on 0330-223-0200. So, um, yeah, uh, gun control is definitely <laughs> something that needs to be dealt with. Um, yeah, uh, it's, I, I can't help but feel it's completely part and parcel of what America is from the beginning. I mean, mm. you know, we started in uh, conflict, uh, racism, uh, and we continue to, you know, perpetrate mm. that. That's pretty much what defines us. And so I don't know that most Americans know how to undo that without undoing the fabric of what we think we are. Yeah. I mean, the Second Amendment just doesn't seem to be going anywhere. Even, And the most extreme interpretations of the Second Amendment don't seem to be going anywhere, which is unfortunate. We also had um, uh, uh, Ford with the Brett Kavanaugh, the Kavanaugh hearings, where he ended up mm. being uh, portrayed as the victim, even though, well, we just oh, saw he a woman. portrayed himself as the victim, and yeah. a bunch of other white men stood up to stand next to him, because that's what white men do when they're out of options, just well, like... Try well, to take us down. Well, well I mean, Donald, Donald, <laughs> Donald Trump did say that this is a very, very difficult time for young for young men in America, especially given that they might be accused of um, of being super rapey when they've done that. Yeah, wow, like, I mean, I mean, I, like, I, I really, I really feel bad for uh, what was the kid? Um, oh, uh, what was what was the kid, that kid um, from? Uh, what's his name? Brett Brock. Brock Turner. Oh, Brock, Brock Turner. Turner. Oh, yeah. that piece of garbage. Yeah, I, oh. I mean, I mean, he he had such a promising career ahead of him. I, I mean, w- <laughs> as a full blown rapist. Why, yeah, why, yeah, why, he why, did. why should why should his academic career be ruined just because he raped a girl behind a dumpster? <sighs> I mean, he does have a very strong opportunity to educate himself about uh, other things besides getting into the school that he feels he deserves to go to after committing a a huge offense. Um, It's... Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, everyone is talking about how 2018 was the year of the woman and how much the tide is turning. Mm. And I want to see that continue to take place so that we can maybe start to question some of our laws and policies and just general opinions that really uh, are astoundingly unfair when you look at them, you yeah. know, gender and colorblind. Yeah, I, I think I think. Because we have someone like Donald Trump in the White House, it does just—it does kind of just cut color the entire narrative, which is kind of the problem. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, it also sort of distracts us to. We continually make these people who are our exceptional standout perpetrators mm. exceptions to the wider rule, as opposed to ever addressing the wider rule. I mean, to be fair, obviously, we got to address Donald Trump as soon as humanly possible. But mm. really, there's a larger culture of that that really has to be undone, and it's going to take you know many, 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 many years, as it did to entrench that culture. Yeah. Okay, let's sort, let's sort to the phones. Uh, let's hear from a caller. His name is Nish. Hi, Nish. Hi, Femi. How are you? Not too bad. How you doing? Yeah, good, man. Um, what's going on? Well, I, I just... <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. You know stuff. I, 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 I feel like I recognize this voice. Yeah, I feel like you're probably supposed to be sitting in this booth instead of me right now, Nick. Yeah, it's one of the it's one of the more recognizably nasal voices in uh, British popular That's culture. On TV all the time. So yeah, pretty recognizable. <laughs> Oh, um, so I was going to pretend that I'd never met Desiree before as well. And be like, Hello, Miss. Nice to speak to you. Uh, I just like the idea of all those times at the mash test, me turning in your direction, just closing my eyes and saying everything. I've never met this man before in my life. What are you talking about? I've never met this. Is it De- Desiree? Is that how you pronounce it? Where do the accents go? I'm, I, it's difficult with these foreign names. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's um, great. How's it going, guys? It's great to have you on this. Uh, so, what would you say would you be your highlight from 2018 <laughs> or low light? Oh, <laughs> you know, oh, it was, oh, it was nonstop fun for me. It was, <laughs> it was relentless fun. No, listen, I really do think, um, you know, the kind of work that you have been engaged in mm. uh, in the last sort of year and a half has been really inspiring, yeah. and the groundswell of activism. Um, that, I mean, has been inspired by, and, uh, you know, literally just coming in off the back of you guys talking about the Year of the Woman and how important it is that we continue and have wider conversations more than just a kind of select group of celebrity predators. That that is, like, (laughs) as always, Desiree Birch, who I've consistently maintained as the wisest person in the world, (laughs) and I'm absolutely on the head. But um, I do think the kind of the awakening and the... um, rising levels of activism in young people is the sole reason that we have to be optimistic about things uh, going into 2019. Well, I mean, it's happening on both sides of the Atlantic. You're seeing it after the Parker yeah. shooting uh, yeah. in terms of, um, well, stop stop allowing our kids to be killed. And also on, on this side with groups like Our Future, Our Choice, For Our Future's Sake, the young people that are rising up against the mess that is Brexit. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, really, I'm really excited to see... Uh, younger people be animated and engaged and also excited to see younger people be represented in politics. You know, I think the election of people like Ocasio-Cortez in the States is a real cause for optimism. And also when I was growing up, we, we the kind of baseline narrative was that young people just weren't interested or engaged in politics. And I think we're seeing a reaction against that, certainly. Excellent. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's, 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 absolute, that's absolutely it. I think... I think I'd be curious to know also what would be your low light because that's enough optimism. Who needs optimism? We all desperately need optimism in this moment. But yeah, sure. I mean, well, especially for you, Nish, because you are the man who picks the bones. And so, what is the biggest bone that you picked I mean, last year? I mean, year? I, I, I watched I watched you on, on on Question Time last night offering to do Brexit. <laughs> offering yeah, to do yeah. Brexit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're going to blame immigrants anyway. You may. Yeah. We'll go in there instead exactly. of man. They'll be like, yeah. well, "Fine, we'll take this darkie's word for it." Let, let, uh, let me let me absolutely go in there and spring time for Hitler Brexit. <laughs> I bet you could pull off a musical number. <laughs> Want to see your can can? I, I mean, like the the, the there were just a string of a string of low lights. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to pick out. It's hard to pick one specific one. I mean, I think. The it, there's, a, there's a kind of cavalcade of Trump lowlights. I mean, I think also like I think closing the year on a government shutdown mm. over his stupid fucking mm. pointless wall. Like there was something about that 
there's always something of the anti-Father Christmas about Donald right? Trump. You know, it's like we had the Mueller thing and everyone was so excited and then he yeah. took that away from us too. Yeah, yes. Desiree oh. came in and did, you did a great piece for us on the Mash Report about the kind of rising level of excitement that's yeah. been happening over the sort of Mueller thing. And then the fact that he closed the year off shutting down the government over his stupid well, I mean, wall for idiots. The ridiculous yeah. thing is that he's closing the he's closing down the government because the government is refusing to pay for a wall that he said repeatedly that Mexico would pay for. Yeah. To pay of for. Yes. Which is insane. It, yeah. And it sort yeah. of it, it, it wraps everything up that's terrible about him. You know, it's lies, it's completely, absolutely appalling mathematics. It's a profound misunderstanding of geopolitics. Yep. And it's a profound racism that drives the whole thing. Like, his commitment to racism, to be absolutely fair to him, is almost admirable. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, you know, I mean, and I would also speculate, obviously, I know nothing, but, you know, some kind of mental health, like, some kind of mood or personality <laughs> disorder. Like, I think part of the problem is he literally just wakes up with doll's eyes. Like, you know, I think this now, and this is true, and this is the way it yeah. is. And he completely, fr- like, you know, uh, whether he's too old, whether he's just some kind of rampant narcissist, mm. uh, probably yeah. a combination of all yeah. these things. The fact that he can do so with such conviction and mm. such sort of almost insanity in the face of fact is is so astounding, yeah, and, and we're just sitting there like this is astounding. We don't know what to do with that. But, but I mean, he's been driving the, he's been driving the, this narrative of it's us versus them, and just creating. I mean, I've referred I've heard him referred to as the divider in chief. Yeah, and it's yeah. and it's kind of what is see it kind of links to what we what we saw this week with with the harassment we saw outside Parliament. I mean, you've got um, journalists, uh, um, you've got Owen Jones, a gay man, you've got Anna Subri, a woman, Kay Burley, a woman, myself, a black man, all all, yeah. all, all harassed outside yeah. outside Parliament as if perhaps certain characteristics made these partic- people particularly hostile. Mm. And it's just disgusting. Yeah. Yeah, it's unleashed a kind of a sort of pungent toxin into our discourse. And the, the problem is that the people responsible... So, you know, the, the, watching the video footage of you guys the last couple of weeks was disgusting, but... <laughs> It is the absolute consequence of the portrayal of Brexit collapse mm. as being the result of it being betrayed by opposing forces. When for the entire period of the last two years, both the gov- party of government and the biggest party in opposition have said that Brexit must happen. Brexit is failing entirely on its own terms <laughs> because yeah. of the incompetence of its architects. Mm-hmm. But by shifting the blame very quickly to... Um, to be frank, us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They've, they've, you know, they're escaping any any kind of blame for it, and it is, you know, causing this kind of direct to this sort of action and anger that you know if they don't. I think the only way things will be clear is when we get a proper unambiguous apology for the lies of the yeah. campaign. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it is kind of like a, a social form of arson or something. You know, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, going yeah. to, you know, you're just uh, inflaming and causing problems that, yeah, sure, we're under the surface, mm. but there's a, there's a lot of uh, credit to be given for keeping things under a freaking surface. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, you yeah. can hate people. Just, like, tone it down a bit. We all got to live. Yeah. But, but one, one, th- one, thing I, one thing I would say is the one, if there's going to be one benefit from this is because it's 
The Brexit result made people that are like the sort of racists we saw the other day step out from the shadows. The same thing happened with sure. Trump. We can now identify people who, ha- who, have, who have those rules and separate them from the reasonable people who voted for Brexit. Because, because people, then yeah. what do we do with them? Like, I kind of loved them in the shadows, you know, <laughs> sitting there on the internet just being like, rah, 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 and not marching with tiki torches or actively putting yeah, swastikas yeah. on buildings or actively attacking people. I kind of yeah. like them feeling separated and uh, disempowered. And on that, I, on that, I do agree. <laughs> agree with you but when we when we have this discussion around brexit because those racists are mixed in with the normal people it's hard to have that discussion because then if you then tar all the people that voted for brexit with that with that brush you can't have a have a productive discussion but because we can now say all right you've got these little nut jobs over here and you've got reasonable reasonable brexit voters who wanted a better nhs on this side we can have a conversation with them and say all right you wanted a better nhs the medical community is now saying that brexit is bad for the nhs what do you want to do now exactly yeah, and I think you're doing a great job of reaching out to the sensible leave voters. I think that is a really important thing, especially if we do end up in a kind of second referendum situation. Yeah, which which, I, which I'm, I'm currently seeing is pretty much the, the only way we move forward. But yeah, Nish, yeah. absolutely a, an amazing surprise to hear yes. from you. Absolute pleasure, Femi. Um, <laughs> lovely to talk to you. Um, and keep doing what you're doing, and I respect the hell out of you. I appreciate that, Nish, and I hope to speak to you soon. I mean, I'm curious to find out what I mean, you are uh, a force to be reckoned with intellectually and politically. And I'm curious. Obviously, there are the immediate problems of trying to find, you know, uh, these groups, uh, like you're saying, that really voted because of the NHS and are not racist mm-hmm. and whatnot. What do we do with the people who are virulently racist? I mean, I know that that's not an easily solvable mm-hmm. uh, problem because we've been not solving it forever. But presumably, if if uh, there was a second referendum and everybody's like, nope, no Brexit, mm-hmm. and we apologized our way back into the EU and everything else, what happens to those people who are filled with that much hate? Where does that go because if it sits there and festers it really does grow and breed other things like what do we do about that i think what you've got to do is because they'll be made weaker by by the fact that they lose and also you've got to you've really got to, because you know what? donald trump and people like that just I, I, lost I, I, and people these people don't like they lose the confederate supporters lost centuries ago <laughs> and they're still fighting so that, let, I, I hear you you I hear know you. <laughs> the losers don't go away they just sit there and you know but the thing is, they gain their power from existing inequality. So if you've got a part of the country that is just isn't is ignored by the political system, like yeah. for us, the North uh, in America, it would be the Midwest or something like that, um, the Kansas, the flyover states. Those people are are vulnerable to people, to the far right people going there and saying, sure. "All right, the reason yes. why you, life is shit for you is because migrants, the EU, yes. the um, blah 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 blah, the political yes. system, blah blah blah," blah. and. If there was less of less inequality, regional inequality, there'd be less for those far right nutters to tap into and say and point the finger. And I think that's the conversation we have. But yeah, I mean, we have to just call it out. I mean, I've I've been getting some pretty racist remarks. I mean, I um, oh, I'll bet. I mean, if you're a public figure with anything like darker than like a taupe <laughs> skin color, then well, you are I, going I, I to. Think, and it's the first thing they go to. Yeah. You know, you're lucky you don't happen to be fat because that would be the first thing, and then you're black. Yeah, yeah. But still, <laughs> and a woman. Yeah, exactly. And they're yeah. just like rah, 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 all of the stuff. And it's like, what was your point, and why are you this upset? Uh, it, yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's just so toxic. I mean. I get racist abuse pretty much every day or so. Of course you do. Um, of course. Uh, threats of violence every two months. And in February last year, somebody posted my home address online. 
That's oh, what we're talking. Oh, someone doxed you. What what happened? What was the fallout of the that? The fallout of that was I launched. A, I, I made a Twitter complaint. I tried to call the Met Police, and nothing happened. That's that's the current situation we're in, and wow. we've got um, like a far right nutter with seventy thousand followers right yeah, now. Yeah, uh, is launching a, a Twitter campaign that is trying to say that because my parents came from Nigeria, they're somehow implicated in a genocide. Well, genocide according to his words, and uh, it, isn't everything and everyone in Britain implicated in several genocides all throughout uh, history and a, the universe? Apparently, isn't iron, that is that the mark of a winner? Is a successful? You're, expect, you're expecting a comprehension. <laughs> of irony from the far right. I think that's your I think that's your main mistake. But he was he was posting pictures of my of my parent well no, he was posting a picture of, of um basically black people with with guns board, coming off of a boat onto land and then talking about my parents directly oh which I mean God damn, that was race. That was race. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Man, so right. I just, you know, obviously uh, the reason, uh, you know, I mean, there's plenty of reason for that, but it's just like, well, it's the easiest thing to do to win, but it's kind of, well, what are you winning? What, uh, well, I don't know. I, I know it's a dumb question, but when you walk away from being completely eviscerating someone like that, just being like, I'm going to dehumanize you in a second because socially and historically I have the power to do that. What do you walk away with? It's, what do you what do you feel when you've when you've revealed someone's home address and but you know are you deluded enough to think that that somehow reinforces your safety or security I think or do you just feel better than like what do you go home and do I think they they want to intimidate that's I mean they want to make me feel that if I continue along this road something's going to happen. Uh-huh. I mean, something did happen in 2016. We had the murder of Joe Cox, and right yeah. now I'm a prominent figure yeah. in the same cause that Joe Cox was in, and yeah. I'm black, yeah. and we're right on the cusp of Invisible. a really big decision regarding yeah. Brexit. And he thinks that if he can um, basically do this sort of thing, that I'll back down. Yeah. Not going to no. happen. Yeah. I um, mean, there's, too, <laughs> there's too much uh, of a groundswell behind you I mean, to ever do that. I mean, no. dude, don't be a martyr. It's not a good look, but like. <laughs> <laughs> not, not a good look. You're too young. Wait, I mean, wait. Martyrdom the- isn't in this season. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you'd make for an attractive statue, but I'd rather look at you grow and progress and actually be, you know, a very vital part of the political landscape in the future. So, you know. I, I'd prefer that too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, mean yeah. I'd, I'd choose that over death, to be honest. Yeah, for sure. I mean, do you have any homies with brass knuckles? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> You need more homies. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm feeling of Pulp Fiction records. I'm going to call a couple of pipe-hitting niggas with a... Yeah. <laughs> go to, go to kind of, yeah. When, I mean, Samuel L., you could stop for a minute and just be somewhat intimidating. I mean, I think enough people would be like, is that Samuel L. Jackson that you could get away? And that's a, a defense enough, right? He can take a break. He's got all that Capital One money. He's fine. <laughs> He's fine. Uh, what do you think about, I mean, I, I've heard you before talking about the Mueller investigation. Is Trump going to get taken down or are we just going to keep getting drip fed um, the foreplay of uh, these new information regarding the investigation? <laughs> I mean, I definitely feel like there is a purpose to the foreplay. It mm. is uh, up to us to be patient enough for the big payoff. <laughs> uh, obviously, you know, uh, Mueller's very much like, you know, there's no there's no leaks, there's nothing like that. Yeah. I'm going to put everything into this report. I have to be completely thorough and ironclad in order for this to have any success whatsoever. So it's going to come as it comes and, every, you know, the media are hungry for it so they're going to be trying to, they're the ones sucking the dra- drops out to drip yep, feed us yep, with, yep. obviously.
obviously. Um, but uh, it, it is, you know, I wonder if uh, this this sort of uh, $5 billion for the wall shutdown seems yeah. like the Hail Mary pass and to a certain degree of like, well, there's nothing stopping me from doing this, which is what I found out before I decided that I was going to do it. Mm. Um, and it is, I, I sort of, uh, he operates on distraction, obfuscation, that yep. kind of thing. So, you know, as long as the government doesn't come back, then they can't do anything to, you know, take him down. And I, I'm, he is that narcissistically sort of Machiavellian. He is yep. that just sort of like, obviously, the, I think there's so many of his businesses have failed because he hasn't made any kind of good business or factual or logical sense at times. <laughs> He's just kind of like my way or the highway. And this is more yep. about his personality disorder than it is about anything coming out success because he's got, you know, he's got a cushion. But I mean, because shutting down the wall, shutting down the government to, because they won't pay for a wall, he said Mexico and Mexico would pay for. I mean, I'm, the visual I'm thinking of is a, a baby throwing the toys out of the pram and complaining that he doesn't have those toys. Yes. I mean, absolutely. <laughs> but at the same time, at some point, that baby maybe doesn't know, but instinctively knows that it can wear you down to the point at which you just keep picking up the toys and you give it what it wants because you are a tired mom and you have so much going on that really, you know, baby gets what it wants. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, you, you saw him with. Uh, uh, let's listen to this clip, Mr. President. I tell you what, CNN should be ashamed of itself having you working for them. You are a rude, terrible person. You shouldn't be working for CNN. Go ahead. I, I think that's unfair. You're a very rude mm. person. The way you treat Sarah Huckabee is horrible. And the <laughs> way line. you treat other people are horrible. You shouldn't treat people that way. Go ahead. In, in, go in ahead, Jim, Peter. Go in, ahead. In Jim's defense, I've traveled with him and watched him. He's a diligent reporter who busts his Well, I'm not like a big fan of, of yours either. So I yeah, understand. I mean, <laughs> how old do you have to be? <laughs> I mean, seriously, the, the kid is a child. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, they do say that we return to childhood in our older age, mm. and I am not going to let that take the blame. He's been like this his entire life. Let's be real. But, I mean, okay, one, one last thing. The blue wave, did that, was that really a thing, or, did, or was the win in the house not really the victory that we thought it, we hoped it would be. Well, it's uh, not the victory we hoped it would be in that there's only so much the House is going to be able to do. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, and so uh, you just had, kind of have to go back to understanding uh, our political system in order to be like, okay, this isn't going to necessarily change everything mm. and uh, the the articles of impeachment being brought into play like may, I mean, you know, you'd have to get back into government to even impeach someone. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, there's always a, a, a diversionary tactic, but I think that it was, in fact, for those who are uh, are represented by the color blue in my country, mm. uh, very, very much representative uh, of, you know, as the House is meant to be, of who we are and what our values are and what we're pushing forward. Mm. I mean, you know, Nevada's got a majority female, right? Yep. You know, uh, representation. There are lots more LGBTQI plus people in government yep. now, including a governor in Colorado. There's There are two Muslim women in Michigan. Michigan and Minnesota. And there's the, there's the dancing senator as well? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Who everyone tried to send up for dancing. And she's like way better at dancing and more relatable because of that video than anything you exactly. could have thrown against her. Right? It's just like, wow, you're making socialism look real cool right now, guys. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Uh, we've got an email here. Uh, my favorite moment, and this is from Nazreen in London. My favorite moment has to be the, the balloon of Sadiq Khan in the yellow bikini. Not because I hate him, but because, um, because of the 9,000 attending... Facebook event, but only 300 turned up. <laughs> <laughs> 
So wait, wait a second. I missed this balloon entirely. I, I think, think it, was it, was, it was a response what to what happened with uh, the Trump the balloon. The Trump balloon, yeah. Uh, which, let's say, a, f- a fair few more people turned up to last yes. year. Yes. Yeah, I, I was there. There I, were I was quite there a few people. <laughs> I, had, I had a sign that said, um, our crowd is bigger than your crowd. <laughs> and, uh, uh-huh. and on the other side, it said, and Melania knows it. Yes, right. <laughs> and she feels that and thinks about it at night. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> She's just trying to get to 2020 and be like, when can I leave this book? <laughs> okay. Um, uh, my, my next thing is regarding what is what would you be your favorite moment of the year? Uh, top moment, personal. Oh, my goodness. Top moment. And what would you want to happen in, in this year? Uh, man, I should have thought about that. Mm. I feel like uh, everything is just funny because it's terrible. Um, so mm. <laughs> trying to think of... of of highlights. Um, oh, well, uh, Ireland repealed the 8th. Yes. Right? Yeah. That's pretty huge. Which is just, it's so, it's so relieving, especially given that I run a youth campaign to make more, to make my country more progressive. Yeah. To see, to see that happening in Ireland run by young people yeah. is just so... Yeah, it, it was a hard it gives, it gives you hope. battle. Yeah. And yeah. that is, is hugely important for just women's health and as we know because of women just sort of society and politics yeah, in general exactly, you exactly. Know? so that that I think was was a huge uh, maybe sometimes oh well I mean it, it just came in the middle of a lot of other yeah. terrible things but you're like yeah. wait a second that's phenomenal yeah you know? I mean legalizing abortion in a highly Catholic country driven by young people it's just yeah, it's just what we want to see yeah and I would also probably say uh, rescuing those Thai kids from yeah, that cave yeah. was pretty because so many countries and so many people and so many agencies came together mm. to get these boys out of a cave which is just ridiculous yeah. like they're four <laughs> miles into a cave yeah that that was it looked terrifying yeah absolutely mm. terrifying mm. the fact that they were just doing yoga breathing yeah. for like two weeks or whatever waiting <laughs> to get out like it's just incredible what we can do mm. when we actually do come together even and, if elon musk then went into twitter had a twitch just like, like, oh, that afterwards. guy's a pedo because i didn't get there first or whatever <laughs> like i mean it's funny because all of this is uh, all of this political turmoil is bringing a lot of uh, mental health and otherwise issues to the surface of just toxic like that's just well you know I know I'm a nerd and I'm a do-gooding nerd but I also want to control everything and it's just bringing that to the surface which is so fun to watch I think my favorite moment from 2018 has to be the moment when the Bre- the Brexit politicians saw the deal that, that that was negotiated as a result of the Brexit that they made happen, <laughs> and they went into absolute fucking meltdown. Yeah. You had Nigel Farage saying this is the worst deal in history. You had Jacob Rees-Mogg saying this deal makes us a slave state after he said Brexit would mean we take back control. You had Boris Johnson saying that this is worse than staying in the EU. The people that argued for Brexit absolutely trashing Brexit. Why, why is... Okay, I, I'm sorry to be the one asking ignorant questions, but I'm not from here. These are highly educated men. They, uh, Presumably yep. from their, their yep, histories, yeah, 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 right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they, they of all people understood what lies they were putting forward yep. um, and that they were, in fact, lies. Yep. Correct, right? We, I, is this well, safe well, I mean, to assume? Or did they, are they actually secretly dumb and not understanding the, the motion they put forward? Okay, so this? you've got Nigel Farage who, made, who told 
told lies, outright lies about immigration yeah. because, and I know that because he said these things before the referendum. I called him up to correct him. He agreed with me, but he still repeated those lies afterwards. Okay. Um, you've got Boris Johnson who said specifically that we should stay within the EU single market, basically the, re- the rule system, which means that it makes it cheaper to sell yeah. between countries. Uh-huh. And then during the referendum, he said we should leave it and then resigned because the, the Brexit move was, ended up too close to the single market, which just shows that he, he has zero moral integrity. Yeah. And then you've got Jacob Rees-Mogg. I think he's just an extremist, to be honest. I, I think okay. I think he genuinely believes um, it doesn't matter the cost to the ordinary working people or person. It's just about getting my, his view of what he calls sovereignty. Were any of the people behind Brexit genuine believers that it would work, or were they all the, the, using it for their own? Believing that ends? it would make it make lives better for British people. Yeah. I, I I think that they some some I think some of them thought just. The general British spirit: We will do better. We will survive. We we, we will we will pros- prosper on our own. I so think that's just that I, sense of entitlement gone too far. That sense of like exceptionalism, essentially. Right? There has to be if an they el- believe that. If you believe that twenty-seven countries need the UK more yeah. more than we need them. Given that we are an island yes. on a continent where most of the countries are in a system which provides benefits to countries in that system, yeah. you have to believe innately that we're better than other countries. And yeah. so, I mean, it's the, only, it's the only explanation, but that seemed to be the narrative that won. So I think we need to have a real discussion as to what we are as a country yeah. and whether or not we are still the British Empire or, we, or whether or not we are a good country, but not just better than everyone else. Well, wait, we're not the British Empire anymore, yeah, right? we're not. Okay, so, so uh, in whose minds is that not settled? Uh, I've spoken to some people most on the people radio. Still, I, I wouldn't say most people, or... but I think that <laughs> there is that... There is that innate sense of us being better than other countries, which for most of us we have as like a joke in the back of our head. Like we joke, but we, yeah, but it's but the joke is based on some kind of sense of truth about that, right? It, it's based on we know that this happened in the past. We joke about it now, but we don't. But we're bitter. We don't. We, don't. <laughs> we joke about it because <laughs> I'm not bitter at all. Just give me a chance to shank you in the back. <laughs> well, yeah, um, it's definitely an. an <laughs> It's definitely a complicated issue okay. of national identity. I mean, and that's not a diss at all. It's just literally, I mean, lots of countries think that they're the best or they're better than other places and whatnot. Well, I mean, you, you have... I, I come from the country yeah, exactly. that's like, we are number one. And it's like, yes, in killing each other, for sure. Um, I think, um, uh, what was it, Lewis Black mm-hmm. made a joke about that. He said that if you had, I mean, he was talking about America saying they're the best country in the world. He said that if you had somebody in your office who came in every day and said, I'm the greatest fucker here yeah. and all you sniveling shits would die without me yeah i guarantee by the end of the week you'd have killed them yeah yeah <laughs> yeah exactly or uh, unfortunately become somehow uh, psychologically enslaved by you, you <laughs> yeah, know yeah. i mean repeat one, that one enough it's like yeah it's just like water torture suddenly you're like yeah you're right <laughs> uh, and from Richard the, Richard the Hun, it was the first year in my life where I couldn't bear to listen to, to news or political comment. Uh, this is the first year where I, where I honestly came to believe that the country is on the cliff edge. No highlight for me at all. I mean, yeah, it's, it's it's depressing when you hear people that have, that watch a year where there's been absolute political chaos, where nobody yeah. seems to have the country's best interest at heart in politics, and they lose hope. Yes, I mean, it is, does have real-life consequences outside of the political landscape. Mm. I mm. think that uh, uh, there was some kind of stat I was, someone was telling me about uh, sort of suicide rates and whatnot going up uh, in response to Brexit and just generally the past year that we've had. Mm. And I can understand 
understand uh, anxiety levels going up drastically because I feel like that happened for everyone that I know as well as sort of just general levels of despair um, mm. that I understand why this person had to check out. A lot of people have to check out. Mm. But it is that thing of like take a break and come back. But uh, come back and do what? Like receive more bad news? But, so the but, activism is important. But I mean it's the same thing that we have that – the, the worse things get, the more you have a backlash to make things get better. I mean, after Trump got elected, we saw Muslims praying in, on prayer mats in airports and people surrounding them, applauding them, clapping. The mm. fact that people were so scared about what Trump was doing to their country made people want to embrace progressive values even more and, and celebrate those values, which I think... Was, yeah. I mean, in, in Australia, you had... Um, what's her name? Is Sarah... Uh, what number is this? We had, we had, we had Sarah um, who went who went into Sarah Hansen who mm. went in, who went into Parliament and 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 basically called out all of the all of her colleagues for being basically really really sexist sexist mm. and it was this yeah. as the um, person in this chamber of which the reprehensible and disgusting comments were directed to by Senator O'Sullivan, I want to make it very clear that I am thankful for. Senator Di Natale is standing up and calling them out. That is what real men do. Real men don't insult and threaten women. They don't slut shame them and they don't attack them and make them feel bullied in their workplace. I have sat in this chamber for weeks and weeks, months, and heard the disgusting slurs and attacks coming from a particular group in this place. And I, for one, am sick of it. And I know many of my female colleagues on all sides of politics are sick of it too. And I will name you because you are not fit to be in this chamber. You're not fit to represent your constituents and you're not fit to call yourselves men. Senator O'Sullivan, Senator Annie, Senator Bernardi, Senator Lionhelm, you day after day come into this place and hurl insults across this chamber, play the gender card, and the moment anyone stands up to you, you have the most fragile glass jaws of all. You are cowards. <laughs> Which is just... Awesome. I mean, it's obviously horrible that she had to go through that degree of sexism. We, we've, we've seen it here with, uh, I think, um, uh, Diane Abbott's been been through sexism. Pretty much every yeah. every, yes. every 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 um, every female politician gets yeah. it gets it gets it these days. But I mean, it's good to see that not only are these women standing up for the for, um, against the sexism that, that they, they experience, but that that is being applauded and that yes. people and that people are, are. I mean, you've got. It's, it's just so necessary and, and, a, and a relief that when you've got people like Donald Trump leading the narrative and, and, and that somebody who can say the things that he said about women can actually be elected and to be the, the most... And do the things he did to women. Yeah, and do the things he did to women. <laughs> and it can actually be elected to be the most powerful man in the, in the world. Yeah. To have people fighting back, to have more women in, more women in Congress than ever before. I think, is that, is that right? Yeah. That's what the, is that the blue, ray, blue wave... Yeah. I think I love. I'm loving the fight back and 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 just the the activism that has been born from that. Yeah. Uh, but I think my favorite moment of the year has to be when we realized that the person that really speaks for everyone in the country, the person that can unite the country, is Danny Dyer. 
um, <laughs> because he said in just a couple of minutes what absolutely everyone in the country was feeling. Desiree Birch, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you. Um, and I, I just wanted to uh, bring in um, a couple more guests we'll be a- a- after the break. Uh, but let's have a listen to Danny Dyer because he is an absolute god. So what's happened <laughs> to that twat David Cameron oh. who called it on? Let's be fair. Oh. I think you're referring no, to no, our former no, prime no, minister. No. Yeah, but why the heck comes he can scuttle off? He called all this on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. He, he has no regrets. Where's, where is he? He's in Europe, in Nice, with his trotters up. Yeah. Where is the geezer? I think he should be held accountable. He should be held accountable. It's a valid point. A lot of people do feel that all politicians... Amazing. That was just so much fun. <laughs> um, so, uh, right, right now in the, in the studio, we're, we're joined by um, Zach Polanski and Alistair Coleman. Zach Polanski is the Green Party mem- Green Party candidate for uh, mayor, and Alistair Coleman is a journalist who specialises in dis- disinformation, fake news, and North Korea. North Korea. I I really want to talk about that one purely because it's such a Nobody really knows what Donald Trump has actually done. As in, has has he made some? Has he, has he done something good? Has he just rolled the dice with with nuclear war and and it happens to have not blown up in our faces yet? Is it going to go badly? Are we just <laughs> are, are we just waiting for the bombs to drop? What is your analysis of what Donald Trump did last year? It's all very complex. Hmm. Uh, all the running was made by uh, Kim Jong-un. He he came out in his New Year's speech last year Mm. and said he wanted to start this peace process after all these uh, missile tests that they'd done in uh, 2016 Mm. and 2017. So 2018 became the year of peace for uh, North Korea. They they went to the uh, Olympic Games and they had all these uh, summit meetings. First, a couple of meetings with uh, the South Korean President Moon Jae-in and then the uh, Singapore meeting with Trump. Uh, what Trump has offered is nothing that hasn't been offered before Mm. and it's really the same with North Korea as well, they're not actually offering a a great deal, they're not offering to denuclearise at all Uh, all they're offering at the moment is to stop the development of their nuclear missiles which they say they have already finished developing (laughs) anyway Uh, so the, the big thing is has North Korea done this in good faith or not? I mean, it's it's sort of looking that way, but we can't tell because we're not allowed to we're, go, we're in not and check. go in and inspect. Uh, the, the big problem they did have was the lack of uh, launch vehicles for, for their big nuclear missiles mm. because, because the ones they used were actually uh, uh, timber logging vehicles from China, which they then converted. So they've got to build their own to do that. Mm. And we don't know if they're doing that in the background. We don't know if they're, doing, if they're um, expanding their submarine fleet to take uh, the submarine launch missile they've been testing so uh so well trump has actually been reasonably fine with with, uh, with, uh, with the diplomacy that's been going on there it's it's difficult to see if there's been any process and you can see that um patience is beginning to wear thin in pyongyang so we, we don't know where we are and it's a very delicate moment so we're gonna have to see how things go in the next few months so basically donald trump has gone over there uh, said that we're going to have an agreement whereby we'll more or less stop the, pr- the progress of, nu- of nuclear weapons even though during donald trump's presidency they tested nuclear weapons to the point that they can already just take us out um so he hasn't really achieved a great deal in terms of reducing north korea's n- nuclear capability he's just basically said all right we'll slow things down for now yeah there's, there's been no reduction in the nuclear capability we're not sure if they can actually deliver a nuclear missile mm. onto a target yet, mm. uh, but uh, 
you know, they've shown they they can fire uh, an ICBM and uh, medium range mi uh, missiles and, and hit whatever target they are aiming for. Mm. But whether they can do that with a nuclear warhead on top or not is another matter altogether. And we just don't know. I mean, a lot of the things I'm always asked about North Korea, the answer is we just don't know until mm. they tell us. We have to go. Out, we well, have to. Yeah. So, so you're saying that the nuclear safety of the world is depending on whether or not we can trust the word of Kim Jong Un. Mm. Well, uh, the, the, their entire country is based on survival so uh, they know about mutually assured destruction so we're pretty certain they're not going to do anything rash they're okay. not going to invade south korea uh, they, 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 but they want the trade with south korea because that their uh economy's in the toilet so yeah they, they want to op they, they want they want to get enough just just to just to, just to lift sanctions and uh, mm. and by by talking peace at the way they're going. Okay, so what would you say would be your favourite moment of 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 the uh, of 2018, other than you know nuclear weapons? Other than nuclear weapons, well, I wouldn't say it's um, my favourite. I've 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 been following the uh, Salisbury Skripal case mm. Mm. most of the year. Uh, uh, so I suppose my favourite moment was when the two. Uh, gentleman accused appeared on Russia t Today, <laughs> interviewed by the woman who runs Russia Today, mm. uh, saying that they'd gone to Salisbury yeah. twice on consecutive days mm. to visit the cathedral and then came straight home again and then went down there again. It's quite yeah, a so cathedral. It's so famous, <laughs> right? I mean, people from all over the world come and to this country for that right. cathedral. Yeah. And, and, and probably thing, do now, and the, to be And the thing is, even to this day, they are sticking to that story. They are not changing it whatsoever. Even when all the information, there, people in their home villages saying, oh, yeah, we know they work for the security services. We know they've done this. We know they've done that. They are still sticking to the fact that they were sports supplements salesmen, popped over to London, thought they'd go, go a bit of cultural sightseeing. Well, I mean, yeah, it, but it's not particularly uncommon for uh, f hostile foreign powers to stick to slightly made-up, well, questionable stories. I mean, you had with yeah. with the journalist Kosoji yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, that a, a punch-up, just, just a, a casual bar brawl, just happened yeah, to result the, the in big, somebody being cut up into little the, pieces. The, the, yeah, yeah, the big right. difference with Khashoggi was that uh, Saudi Arabia changed their story virtually daily yeah. mm. every every time something new came out they said well yeah okay but <laughs> so, so the difference between the true pros from moscow mm. and and the uh, saudi regime the I saudi mean, government but doesn't that just mean that saudi arabia is just a more interesting set of liars yes i mean they're i mean they're the uh, attitude is yes we've got all the money so what are you going to do about it mm, yeah. and I think so Private Eye said uh, we'll, we'll angrily sign some more arms deals with them <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a reluctant signature <laughs> and Zach what would you say your favourite moment from the year was um, so I've got two one is okay. personal and petty and one is pretty serious okay. uh, personal and petty one the day Donald Trump arrived me and a group mm. of friends mainly from the Green Party mm. uh, borrowed a Dalek Got inside okay. it. Yes. I escorted it like a secret agent. Yes. The Dalek went round screaming, "Deport, deport!" <laughs> genius and satiring genius. various racist, <laughs> misogynistic, homophobic things that Trump's come out with. Um, and we made CNN, which was pretty cool. So nice. I actually think we were better than the blimp, but unfortunately, the blimp got more attention. But yeah. yeah, and so many more people learned about Daleks and Doctor Who in my country because of that. Right. So thanks. And we've got, a, we've got a female Doctor Who now yeah, too. So you know, nice. it's, it's all anti-Trump. It's all yeah. happening.
Um, secondly, a little bit more serious, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, IPCC, mm. said we basically have 12 years uh, to save the planet, you know, if I'm yeah. paraphrasing. Uh, it was really nice to see, though, that finally the kind of social justice movement and the environmentalist movement are finally getting together and saying, actually, this disproportionately affects people of colour, it affects people who are poor in socioeconomic backgrounds, and actually air pollution, climate change, all of these issues that for years were just kind of lefty, radical kind of people would dismiss them as uh, the talk of crazy people and hippies. Mm. Well, I might still be a hippie, but finally, you know, things are becoming mainstream. People are talking about them and actually change is starting to happen. That Which should is, have actually uh, been the biggest story of the year, but it's been swamped by everything else. Right, absolutely. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a complaint that I've heard. I mean, uh, one, of, one of the members of OFOC, um, Kathleen Clark, she said that because of what's, what's happened in the past few years, every news cycle has been Trump, Brexit, third story of the day. There was simply yes. no room for any for anything. And even with um, issues regarding, regarding climate change, you've got just it just being utterly swept away by i mean donald trump well donald trump is has defunded the um, um he stopped the, the 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 environmental agency from yeah. basically yeah. using the term uh, the, yeah. yeah and the climate yeah. agreement just pulling out yeah, yeah. yeah entirely yeah i mean i it's it's so appalling because it is the first story on the docket every single day mm. of the year is how can we live on this earth longer than 12 more years right right all the time it's always story three when it should be you know sub point a yeah <laughs> and femi can i gently challenge you on your own show which is like okay. career suicide when you're as popular as you are <laughs> <laughs> um, i think brexit is such a massive issue and yeah. i love the work that you're doing on it mm. So massive kudos for what you did with Anna Subri the other day. I think uh, in Yiddish we call it a mensch, someone of noble integrity mm -hmm. that went and walked alongside a woman who was being threatened and you didn't kind of threaten back, but you were just kind of with her in solidarity and it was just beautiful. So thank you for that. Or Danny Dye would say, geezer. Geezer. <laughs> yeah, geezer. I pull that up. So geezer's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. waiting for the challenge. Like. <laughs> um, we have an unfair voting system in this country yep. and your conversation before was fascinating and I agree with pretty much everything that was said. But, but well, Hillary, Hillary Clinton for instance in the states won by three million more votes and yep. just no one seems to talk about that about the electoral yep. college system mm. it's going on in this country too so people are marginalized and they're, they're pushed off and there's loads of reasons why they voted for brexit yep. but for me it's clear that the single biggest reason is that people do not have any agency in this country whatsoever mm -hmm. we don't have a fair voting system they feel like they their vote doesn't matter so i think russell brand put it he said uh people saw a big fuck off establishment red button and pressed it as yep. hard as they can yep. i would love to see you doing even more to support proportional representation oh, so being well, out there and kind of mm. championing that as a cause of Brexit, though, because mm. I feel like often Brexit and proportional representation aren't linked into the same conversation, and for me, oh. they're inextricable. Oh, no. for, for me, the two causes of Brexit are uh, regional inequality and a voting system that silences many voters. Right. Um, because, I mean, I'm from Bromsgrove, which is a constituency of Sajid Javid, sure. which means that my vote has never mattered, even a little bit. Um, and so you, if you've got so many people around the country who know that no matter which way they vote, nothing will ever change. They will never be able to affect change in, in their areas to make the lives of the people around them better. Of course, when they finally see the chance to have their vote counted in proportional representation, which is what happened in, in the EU referendum, exactly. they're going to they're vote for something that will make the biggest change possible, which at that time would be Brexit. And the irony of, of the whole thing in terms of proportional representation is that right now in the UK, because of the first-past-the-post system, whereby your, your votes only matter if you actually win in your constituency, 
you have more of a your your opinions are more likely to be heard in the European Parliament than in the UK Parliament <laughs> right. because the European Parliament has proportional representation and they yes. have and they have several parties where each no party has a controlling majority ever in the European Parliament. So which means that every party has a, has a, has an actual say in and how things run. Whereas in the UK we have a minority government which somehow managed to buy off the DUP so she can control the entire Parliament, and yet that somehow represented a democracy, even though most people voted against her. Right. And proportional representation results in more MPs of colour, more female yep. MPs, and actually it lessens your chance of going to war. Yep. So if anything, in 2019, I hope we'll obviously continue talking about Brexit, as mm. we should. We should talk about people's vote. But I really hope that actually the national story, and I might be dreaming, will actually become about a fair voting system and how mm. do we completely rip up democracy in this country mm. and rebuild it with something that is actually democratic. Well, that, that's, kind of, that's kind of my point, because when, when I, I mean, I want Brexit to stop. I want Brexit to stop as, as, soon, as soon as possible. Really? I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure you're being However, however, if a bunch of cocky remainers go on TV the moment Brexit is stopped and say, talk about how, yes, yeah, that's it, we're done, status quo, uh, we won, you were wrong, blah, 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 we're fucked. Right. The country yeah, is fucked. Yeah. We um, need a consensus. Yeah, what we have, we, it, what we need to, to have is people going on TV the moment that happens, saying, "All right, we are gonna we're gonna use the same energy that we put into stopping Brexit to hold the feet of politicians to the fire to make sure they fix regional inequality, fix the voting system so that people's votes actually matter, and we can actually move forward." Because if we do not address the reasons why people vote for Brexit in yeah. the first place, the country is fucked. Yeah. Uh, and and so that and so that's what that's what we want to do. I want to take a caller. Um, uh, well, I will we'll take a call, call in a second. But I've just got. Um, I'd like to ask Alistair Coleman. Uh, what is the plan for the rest of of of, uh, of, of J- February and January now that the bins are back on track and it's not quite cold enough for the pro- for proper potholes? Yeah. Okay. The real reason <laughs> I'm, I'm here. Is uh, it is a, a blatant plug for my new book, which came out in November. It's called Angry People in Local Newspapers, and it's been published by Penguin. And it's a very reasonable uh, five pounds if you buy it on Amazon now, mm. or the Wordery, which which is better because they're my preferred uh, book selling website. Mm. It's a it is a comedy book about you know how when something goes wrong in your life, like mm. they don't empty the bins or there's dog poo in your street, yep. or, or that sort of thing. Instead of going to the council, the one place you do have to go to is your local newspaper. They'll send a man round, mm. or a woman round, with a camera, and they will take a picture of the thing that's made you angry. Mm. Uh, for example, pointing at bins, mm. pointing at dog poo, uh, pointing at the thing you found in your, in your burger. Uh, my <laughs> favorite, the, the one that actually started me off was a woman pointing at a, sausage, a raw sausage held up on a fork because... Uh, her naked neighbour made her angry, and that, yeah. <laughs> Headlines, <laughs> naked gardener. I was wondering where I was going. Naked, <laughs> naked gardener puts neighbour off sausages. That was my favourite. <laughs> that is the thing that started me off. So, yeah, um, they're, they're asking, what, what are we going to do in February once, once all the councils are caught up with emptying the bins? The councils never ever catch up with emptying the bins that's that's the one thing that keeps selling local newspapers is people complaining about the bins not being emptied uh then it's dog poo then it's parking then it's buses and just just get out there buy a local newspaper it's local democracy in action it's keeping people in jobs i love local newspapers i love the photographs i mean it's it's just wonderful thing i've got such a passion for it now i didn't when i started i just i was just taking the piss out of people (laughs) pointing at things i was pointing yeah uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, there's, there's the, the best one from last year was uh, the, the man who was charged eight p for 
brown sauce on his pie in Wigan. You don't do that in Wigan. That is pie central, that town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there he was, holding, a bottle, that holding a bottle of HP sauce, furious on the front page. Beautiful. Um, well, we've got, we've got Amir, Amir on online one. Let's have a listen to Amir. Hello. Hi, Amir. Hello. Um, what was your favourite moment from 2018? Um, that's actually quite a difficult question because I've, I've had to have a long think about the whole of 2018 and what part of it wasn't a massive train wreck. <laughs> but, um, I think probably the, um, the People's March in yep. October. Yeah. Because it was nice to see that um, at least a few people in the country that hadn't totally gone mad and kind of, I don't know, regardless of where, where like where you voted in the referendum, mm. I think having another vote on it now that we've got more information about it is just a, a good idea, really. Well, I mean, we signed a blank check in two thousand eight in two thousand sixteen. We said let's leave, we have, but let's reject our current relationship with the rest of the EU. But we didn't know what relationship we were going to get. We now know what it is. It only makes exactly, sense if we get yeah. a chance to, to have a say on which one, which one we prefer. Um, I'm, I'm told that you're a student. What do you study? Uh, medicine. So uh, I'm quite <laughs> invested in the whole NHS. Yeah, I yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, people were told that um, that Brexit, voting for Brexit would help the NHS. Um, so, I mean, how how do you feel Brexit would would affect the NHS? Um, well, I mean, I was never really sold on the whole idea that leaving the EU would be anything but totally disastrous for the NHS. But I can mm. see how some people could have been persuaded. But but to, w- w- why mm. why would Brexit hurt the NHS? Um, well, we get a lot of money from the EU, and also uh, quite a substantial number of the people who work for the NHS are actually people who are EU citizens that kind of come over and work for us. So if they're kind of, I mean, we've been told that they'll still be kind of allowed to work, but I think I know personally a lot of people who've just taken it as a bit of a slap in the face and have just mm-hmm. gone, Do you know what, I'm just going to go back to go back to the Europe. What, so you're saying that if, if, we vote, if we voted to leave off the back of a campaign that basically said that people from other countries were an, an absolute problem and a burden upon society, that that wasn't a massive welcome mat to uh, doctors <laughs> from, other, from, from other EU countries? Yeah, who've been giving so much time and energy and all of their life study to, yeah. be, to helping British people and only to be rejected by them. Literally keeping them alive. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, that, that would uh, upset me as well. And, and, how do you th- <laughs> and how do you think this, feels, this, this affects your future? Um, well, I mean, quite negatively, because obviously, as the number of doctors decreases, mm. I mean, the amount of people getting sick is not going to decrease with that. Mm. Yeah. So it just means more workload for me, more stress on other junior doctors, more mistakes get made. So tiredness and just overwork. So Brexit is literally work bad for the health of our nation. Yeah, basically. Yeah. In a nutshell, yeah. Well, that that is depressing, but I I want to I want to tell you right now that because Brexit was one of the reasons why people voted for well, because the NHS was one of the reasons why people wanted Brexit. I, I'm hoping that given a choice, when they realise that Brexit is bad for the NHS, people will vote to stay when we get that people's vote on the deal. Um, thank you very much, Amir. We're going to work to make your life a little bit easier. And make sure you can <laughs> you make sure you can t- can you can be a um, a doctor afterwards. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you very much. Uh, guys, I just wanted to ask quick final thoughts from you guys. Um, what do you want to see in 2019? 
uh, that was pretty grim, wasn't it? We're <laughs> 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 like, okay, uh, let's uh, get uh, back to uh, the comedy. Other, other than yeah. the, cr- the crumbling of the National Health Service. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Um, I think uh, there's a real opportunity here. Everything is grim and it's all falling apart. Mm. But I think out of that, you guys were talking about before with the blue wave. Mm. I don't want a blue wave in the UK. Let's be very careful <laughs> about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think people are fine. I think we can say thank you to those people who said no to the establishment, who mm. said no to the status quo. We can say thank you and now let's work for you. So I hope we, t- we see that in 2019. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, sir? Uh, well, uh, I want to see an end to, to uh, fake news in, in the media, uh, how uh, foreign powers meddling with our uh, politics through that. And then that will give people more of a chance to uh, settle down, be calm, point at their bins when they don't get empty. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Desiree? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd have to agree with what is said before and that uh, I do want to see more repudiation of the status quo uh, mm-hmm. and more more activism, more people coming out into the streets and coming out together. And, and also, um, uh, I don't know if you guys have been watching uh, Bumping Mics on uh, Netflix, but Jeff Ross did this great thing about when he was talking about, like, oh, yeah, 2018 has been this way for women. And he's like, I'm for it. I want to see what you bitches do for a change. <laughs> and I'm like, that's exactly what we want, too. Give us a chance. Chance to fix things and fuck them up because it's our turn. You guys have had centuries. Let us take the reins for a while and you know show show you what what we got. Well, let, I, let, I, let the grown-ups have a go for it. Exactly, that's what I want. The patriarchy works so well. I mean, we've got Donald Trump, uh, Putin, and Jim Kim Jong Un in charge of the world. I mean, that isn't doesn't that just? I want to see uncontrolled, <laughs> unbridled matriarchy. I want all of us to saw off our left tit and just start you know shooting arrows into things. It's flaming arrows. It's Katniss Everdeen this whole show. That's what I want to see. I mean, it's time. Yeah. It's time. And Game of Thrones finishes this year. So you can really get together. <laughs> Joan of Arc for the win. Guys, this has been The Floor is Yours. Um, thank you very much. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to a FUBAR Radio podcast. For more information, go to FUBARradio.com.